I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Matteo Manzi, lead quant researcher at CrunchDAO, and we are talking data science. I'm going to start by quoting something that was said to me about your company or something that was said from your company, Matteo. AI will revolutionize trading strategies in time, but without viable data running through these systems, they are bound to fail. That's the most critical thing I've heard about AI, apart from the mm-hmm. fact it's going to take over the world in yeah. some time. What's the, the weakness in the system? The weakness? Well, uh, you know, the more parameters you have, the more you have to be careful in uh, not uh, seeing ghosts when there are none. So moving from the, the world of linearities to non-linearities is a difficult step. And so uh, you have to be careful about uh, uh, the assumptions you make. I think there's a famous mathematician from the 30s that said, with four parameters, I can uh, fit an elephant, and with five, I can make his tail wiggle. And this is uh, <laughs> Jean von Neumann, uh, one of the greatest mathematicians ever, I would say. And this, I think, was a discussion with Enrico Fermi with nothing related with uh, finance, but I think the same holds, uh, you know, in a place in which you have uh, a few assumptions about the model that describe the system, but at the end of the day, you are really flooded with the data, with observations. So that, that's you can only base your actions on that or a little more than that. And also these data are characterized by what's called a low signal-to-noise ratio. So you have a lot of noise, a lot of uh, almost like a thermal noise, let's say, these wigglies uh, in, the, in the data that resemble statistical mechanics in many ways. And so uh, you have to be careful in not uh, making decisions based on this, uh, on, those, on this noise, let's say. Well, simplistically speaking, I want to know, should I buy, should I sell, should I hold? Yeah, but there's an awful lot of complicated stuff behind arriving at which one of those recommendations you're going to get or you're going to want on a given day. Let's start from the very basics. You're building, Crunchdown is building a market neutral investment strategy using crowdsourced information. Now, I potentially have a problem with that word crowdsourced because when I was a very much younger financial journalist, one of the books I read was Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds by Charles Mm -hmm. Mackey, which is a 19th century tome, but one of the seminal works on how crowd behavior sometimes get things wrong. But you're saying the crowd is a valid piece of wisdom for making financial decisions. Of course, there have to be incentives and structures built on top of the crowd that channel this flow of energy that could be potentially disruptive uh, and, and negative. Even though, let's say, this crowd is uh, trained as a machine learning crowd, so a quantitatively trained machine learning, uh, quantitatively trained crowd. Maybe it's more of a philosophical statement in the sense that uh, the crowd could be mad. There was a conference in quantitative finance in Paris a few months back, and uh, it was interesting because you could see people in hedge funds talking shoulder to shoulder with people doing research on uh, swarm uh, dynamics, let's say insects moving, and the transition from uh, uh, animals flying and detecting uh, a predator and having a really smart way of communicating and uh, going away from it compared to, I don't know, a swarm of insects that have this turbulent, that have this motion that's really chaotic and, and unpredictable. So in many ways, the crowd can be both. We need and we have the tools to understand What's the crowd doing? But also, most importantly, let's say on top of this, uh, regardless of the inner nature of the crowd, one can 
channel its way of of moving and uh, and make things emerge which are positive i think it's it's a subfield of machine learning in which you put together many models and uh, in some way let's say qualitatively what could say there are infinite ways of being wrong and just one of being right and uh, so smoothing out the the wrongs that everyone brings its own bias leads to an average that's more accurate than the best accurate individual and that's what we want to get at but this is this is the wisdom of the crowd and is it going to be the key indicator or is artificial intelligence and machine learning going to replace it and how i see them going hand in hand in the sense that what i said before so there are ways of fitting noise of seeing ghosts as i like to say that machine learning tends to do and uh, this balance with the wisdom of the crowd can help I don't believe in the in the end of the world uh, with when it comes to AI. It's just mathematics. I believe also that people in finance and, and other fields have been doing machine learning for many decades now. It's just that now there's been a democratization in these uh, tools and uh, in this way of thinking, probably with with uh, a lot of work done in computer science in the last uh, couple of decades. I, I think there is something about believing in. Uh, in some the singularity they call it this this uh, this doomsday that's gonna come and save us or or damn us forever well let's let's get a bit a little bit less apocalyptic <laughs> you mentioned democratization there it's an interesting word to use with with respect to finances but decentralized finance and traditional finance are intersecting and providing potential opportunities for smaller players yeah, definitely. I mean, in in being able to uh, this this DeFi has the benefit of uh, opening the doors for play, players that can interact now with this system, which is a uh, quantitative finance, let's say, that have the skills and uh, don't have the intermediaries don't exist, allowing them to be useful and to also benefit from interacting with such system. So. Uh, and this system can be traditional finance. I mean, for crunch, DAO is mainly traditional finance. DeFi is just an enabler, a technological enabler that that we use to set up this uh, this structure. But at the end of the day, the system we analyze, the data we collect, are associated with uh, traditional finance. Um, well, when you say that they're associated with traditional finance, it was the case that the individual investor, unless they were a very rich individual investor, would not be able to take advantage of the signals you're sending out. I think some of those limitations are staying in place, but uh, there is now the chance of uh, participating uh, as a as a data scientist or a, as a quant researcher, let's say, in uh, making complex structures emerge. Uh, let me use again this word complex, without being part already of, a, of an infrastructure. Um, and so decentralization can lead to complexity emerge uh, without the need of uh, big institutions. There are still limitations in StratFi when it comes, as you said, uh, people participating in hedge funds, investing in uh, in uh, pension funds and so on, uh, unfortunately. But uh, I think we're getting there in a way of uh, making it more and more accessible. And, and that's DeFi itself, I would say. Let's return to the issue of crowdsourcing just to round up. It's one way of creating a data set that actually makes AI better, isn't it? Because the problem that everybody has talked to me about over the last two or three years is 
potential for bias, potential, uh, the word that's been used more recently is hallucination, which is quite mm -hmm. worrying when I'm sitting yeah. there and I'm thinking the computer on my desk is actually hallucinating. That's, we're not using the word hallucinating quite the same way as we use it among, about human beings, at least I hope not. But crowdsourcing can help create a, a better data set, can't it? There is a good feedback mechanism that allows us to judge the, the value uh, of, uh, of numbers of data sets. Uh, you know, there's a big movement, in cultural movement in finance, in quantitative finance, uh, more particularly uh, trying to tackle the problem of causality. So, uh, you know, we, even without machine learning, a quantitative approach at the end of the day has a probabilistic nature. So uses the past to predict the future, which it's it's a strong assumption, let's say, uh, already without the need to introduce uh, hallucination and AI. And so there is a need to be able to assess more than probabilistically, or maybe to assess the causality mechanism in a probabilistic sense, but still try to understand this. And um, crowdsourcing is one tool uh, for sure uh, in being able to assess the the predictive power at the end of the day of uh, some numbers and maybe you know then even a causal scientific approach requires a phenomenological step that that sees something and then starts digging in that direction so crowdsourcing helps a lot in this in this first step i think what i'm hearing from you finally is that there is still a role for the human being in this it's yes. not something that we can leave to the computers Yes, definitely. There's a uh, still uh, one can uh, build tools, but these tools have to be uh, controlled, but also have to be built such that they can be kept under control. Because maybe the the objective function of the human changes. The the machine built has uh, has limits. Is built with some assumptions, and these assumptions can change. And uh, the human needs to be able to interact with the systems and uh, has to be able to make the tool serve him and not the opposite. So the tool has to serve the human, not the human serve the tool. We'll leave it there. Thank you very much, Matteo Manzi, lead quant researcher at Crunchdown.